Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast. For Friday, June 26th, I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. A leak confirms Microsoft's multiple next-gen Xbox console plans. The Banished appear to be returning for Halo Infinite. Netflix shows a little animation from the Cuphead show. Square Enix announces plans for a The World Ends With You anime. Tales of Arise has unfortunately been delayed out of 2020. And The Last of Us Part 2 is Sony's fastest-selling first-party PS4 exclusive ever. A leak points to multiple next-gen Xbox consoles. Back at E3 2018, before the next generation of consoles had been officially announced and unveiled, Phil Spencer offered a quick tease at the future by saying Microsoft was hard at work on, quote, architecting the next Xbox consoles. He made no mistake saying consoles, plural. Time passed, the Xbox Series X was announced, and I honestly kind of forgot about the pluralization of the word consoles at E3 2018, but a leak today appears to point toward Microsoft still being committed to multiple next-gen Xboxes. Tom Warren reported on the story for The Verge and wrote, Microsoft has been planning a second, cheaper, and less powerful next-gen Xbox console, codenamed Lockhart. It's designed to take most of the key next-gen improvements found in the Xbox Series X and provide them at a lower price point for gaming at 1080p or 1440p. A newly leaked Microsoft document posted on Twitter includes references to this Lockhart console and multiple, quote, Project Scarlet consoles. Warren continued later in their story, Sources familiar with Microsoft's Xbox plans tell The Verge that this special Lockhart mode is part of the Xbox Series X developer kit. The dev kit, codenamed Dante, allows game developers to enable a special Lockhart mode that has a profile of the performance that Microsoft wants to hit with this second console. We understand that includes 7.5 gigabytes of usable RAM, a slightly underclocked CPU speed, and around 4 teraflops of GPU performance. The Xbox Series X includes 13.5 gigabytes of usable RAM and targets 12 teraflops of GPU performance. The full story is linked in the show notes. So, basically, it sounds like Microsoft is planning a cheaper, not as powerful console, and one of the biggest hints that this is in the works is that the Xbox Series X dev kit has a mode that will let you see if the game can run well at the lower settings. I imagine the second console, or consoles, will probably lose the disk drive, be cheaper and smaller, and I bet it will also be a cornerstone of Xbox's efforts to push consumers towards streaming their games. It would potentially give them the marketing angle of, you know, hey, sure, you can spend a lot of money on the Xbox Series X and play all your games locally, 
But you could also save some money and stream your games at an arguably imperceptible lower level of quality on this cheaper Xbox. The question will be how extreme that level of quality is. Will streaming the games make them play and look a lot worse? We'll have to wait and see. As an admitted sucker, I still lean toward playing the games locally on that Series X monolith. But different options are always good. In more Microsoft news, a Halo Infinite teaser teases the return of The Banished. We should be getting some more details about Halo Infinite soon with the Xbox Series X first-party games presentation that Microsoft promised when it held its presentation of third-party Series X games a few weeks ago. But until then, we have this little teaser to go on. It's a short audio clip, about a minute and 15 seconds long, and it has what sounds like the voice of a brute, the ape-like enemies that first appeared in Halo 2, threatening that humanity will burn and that the prophet is gone, and the character ends by saying, We are his will. We are his legacy. We are the banished. I've played a lot of Halo, though I, I was never able to finish 5. I just kind of lost interest. But even with a lot of Halo under my belt, I wasn't familiar with The Banished. Thankfully, Austin Goslin at Polygon is, and they reported on the tease for the website and wrote, The Banished were the primary antagonists in Halo Wars 2, though they should look pretty familiar to Halo fans. The enemies are a collection of aliens made up of many different races with a distinct hierarchy all their own. The Banished are made up of Jirulhane, the Brutes, Let Golo, Hunters, at least in their Megalic Golo colony form, Sanghaili, Elites, Ungoy, Grunts, and Huragak Engineers. Apologies if I mispronounced all of those. I'm sure I did. In other words, it's almost exactly like the Covenant. Again, that's from Austin Goslin at Polygon, and the story is linked in the show notes. It's a fun teaser for Halo superfans, ahead of what I assume will be a larger unveiling during the upcoming Series X presentation. I loved Halo and Halo 2, played entirely too much of those games during high school and college with roommates and friends, but I just kind of played the Halo 3 and ODST campaigns and, you know, I was all set. Reach, though, ended up being the rare game my wife and I played co-op together and really got into. And then with 4, I just played the campaign and was content. 5, I never finished. So I am a pretty on and off Halo fan. I don't know a lot about Halo Infinite, but something about it potentially being there at launch as a way to kick off the next generation of Xbox, it makes it exciting. I may not be super in tune with the Halo story these days, but I am really eager to play Infinite. Netflix offers a small tease of the upcoming animated Cuphead show. We've seen a few still images, but today Netflix offered the first peek at the actual animated Cuphead show, and it looks charming, if different from the game. The footage also revealed the voices behind Cuphead and Mugman, True Valentine, and Frank Todaro, both actors who have worked on lots of animated shows. The animation, of which only a little bit was shown, doesn't look too different from typical modern animation, which isn't necessarily a complaint. Obviously, the hope for the show is that it would be completely hand-drawn and emulate classic animation techniques like the game did, but I don't know how feasible that ever really was. 
There is a link in the show notes to the tweet that shares the little video about it, but apparently it's going to follow the exploits of siblings Cuphead and Mugman, who are lovable scamps. The footage was also narrated by, I think, Charles Martinet. Martinet has provided Mario's voice and the voice of many other Mario Universe characters for years. Like most voice actors, it's rare that you hear his true, relaxed voice, but he narrated the game's Bit Trip Runner 2 and 3 as himself. He literally kicked off Runner 3 by saying, I'm Charles Martinet, and now it's time for Runner 3! And I'm pretty sure that's him sharing the footage Netflix shared. It's hard to confirm, though. As far as release date goes, all Netflix offered was a coming soon. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. In more animation news, Square Enix announced that The World Ends With You is getting an anime adaptation. There are very few details about this, but at Nibelion on Twitter shared a piece of art from the upcoming Anime Expo that shows The World Ends With You characters on a poster with 2020 below their feet. I don't know if that means we will see the anime this year or if we will just learn more about it this year at Anime Expo. If you're unfamiliar, The World Ends With You was a DS game that released in 2007 that pretty quickly gained a bit of a cult following for its heightened contemporary Japanese setting, fashion, and its bizarre story. There has never been a sequel, but the game has been ported to mobile devices and was most recently ported to the Switch. An anime adaptation is somewhat surprising, but I guess its following is only growing. Either that or Square Enix thinks it deserves a larger following and hopes that an anime adaptation will bring in more folks. In the long term, optimistically, maybe it means Square Enix is writing a sequel. And this is the first step. Tales of Arise has been delayed. The Tales series is arguably the closest thing Bandai Namco has to the Final Fantasy series. Every game, for the most part, follows new characters and a new world, but there are lots of thematic consistencies and mechanics between the games, and the combat is usually pretty similar. And the games are well-liked among JRPG fans. Tales of Arise is the next entry in the series, but Bandai Namco recently announced it is moving out of its initially announced 2020 window. Tales of Arise's producer, Yusuke Tomizawa, 
offered a statement about the delay, writing, The goal for Tales of Arise is to provide a familiar but innovative gameplay experience to fans of the series while pushing the technical envelope to deliver a high level of graphical quality to impress both longtime players and those who have never played a Tales of game. Development on the title has moved steadily forward in 2020 as we overcame challenges along the way. While COVID-19 has affected some aspects of development, we've done our best to adapt to the situation and have implemented remote development capabilities for our team. However, to achieve the quality and provide the gorgeous experience we envision for our players, we will need more time to realize that vision, and therefore we decided to delay the launch timing for Tales of Arise. A new launch window update will be provided once we have more details to share. In the meantime, the determination of our development team has not weakened. It is always darkest before the dawn. The Last of Us Part 2 is selling very well. This story comes from a post on the PlayStation blog, so it is undeniably a little bit of patting themselves on the back kind of news, but The Last of Us Part 2 has already sold more than 4 million copies, which is impressive. I've talked about this before, but I like seeing sales stories because it's not something that is always publicly shared. The blog post from Eric Lempel, Senior Vice President, PlayStation Worldwide Marketing SIE, reads, We're delighted to report that The Last of Us Part 2 is now the fastest-selling first-party PS4 exclusive ever with more than 4 million copies sold through as of June 21st. As a fan of video games, I am proud to see that this game, an emotional story about the struggle of PTSD, is one of the best-selling games, period. I think it shows that when executed well, people who play video games do really enjoy grown-up stories about difficult topics. It also makes me happy to know that the people who are calling for the game's boycott because of the sexual orientation of its main characters are probably fuming right now. I hope they come around and play the game at some point, though. It's very, very good. Here's what released today. Seven Doors is out today on PC by way of Steam. It's a puzzle game that has you deciphering codes and solving puzzles in a mansion it seems to be pulling a lot of inspiration from the classic PC game Seventh Guest. That's an assumption on my part, though, just watching the trailer and seeing the word seven in the title, so I could be way off there. I missed this one yesterday, but it works out because it looks like even though it released on Switch yesterday, I don't think Tower of Time released on Xbox One until today. It looks a little Diablo-y, a little isometric perspective PC RPG-ish, and it's about making your way through a series of combat challenges. Yes, Your Grace, released on PC in March, but it is out today for Switch. You are the leader of a royal family, and you have to make decisions. And it has a classic pixelated art style that I am a big sucker for. Another thing I missed yesterday, but... The Foundation DLC for Control, which I talked about in detail when it released on PC and PlayStation 4 a few weeks ago, is out today on Xbox One. It's a bummer to see the platforms receive the DLC at different times, but I did like the DLC. It's more Control, and it turns out I like Control a lot. That's it for video game news today. I have a correction from yesterday. I closed out the big Cyberpunk 2077 segment by saying it was releasing in September, which was a mistake. That's the game's old release date. 
at Phenom, at Pandas with Bombs, and at Shifty25 all shot me very polite corrections, reminding me that the game is actually coming out on November 19th of this year. So apologies if I got your hopes up that the game had been bumped back up. I played more Golden Sun yesterday. I found a talking tree climbed into his head. That's a cool game. I also played a bunch of Crash Bandicoot Remake with my kid randomly, which was a lot of fun. That game is hard, and it was fun to watch her overcome even its early obstacles. I told her that the people who originally made Crash Bandicoot actually made the scary zombie game that she wasn't allowed to watch me play recently, and I thought I was sharing a bit of interesting trivia that would impress her, but she just said that makes sense because Crash Bandicoot used to look horrifying, referring to his polygonal PlayStation model, so there you go. Of course Naughty Dog would be capable of making The Last of Us Part 2, just look at what Crash Bandicoot used to look like. I still want to check out Ninjala. I got a press release this morning that the game had surpassed 1 million downloads 16 hours after launch, so that's a good sign for its future. The real important metric, though, is how many people are actively playing it, but 1 million downloads in less than a day for a free-to-play game is a good start. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kylem Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send me an email, kyle at ridehome.info. Let me know if I get, you know, release dates wrong, stuff like that. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Metroid Other M right now. And you can find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games on Monday.